Hello and welcome to Mind of a Football Coach podcast. Um, today we have a very, very, very special special guest on the podcast. Uh, my man is the head coach at St. Albans High School and um, good becoming a good friend, Coach Brian England, and just really excited to have him on, talk a little philosophy. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Coach. Thanks, man. I appreciate you having me. Yeah. yeah looking forward to it. I know we've been social media buddies for a while, but it's been nice to connect with you here the last couple months. So that's good. Looking forward to talking some stuff. That's what we do in the summer, coaches, right? We just mm-hmm. we get together and talk a little ball. And yeah, talk. yeah, I like that, man. Anytime I can rub elbows, and don't matter if it's basketball or football to me. So sure. yeah, that's good. You know, I was, I was looking on Twitter, and uh, was it Brad Stevens and Nick Nurse were at a Patriots practice? Yeah, yeah. Like what? Why would somebody do that? I don't know. Yeah, I, the stuff that I've read, man, I mean, Brad is – he's over there all the time. You know, um, he's one of my favorites, so I keep up with him and stuff. And um, I think that uh, as far as philosophical stuff and team building, um, that's multi-sport. You know, I mean, it trans it translates no matter what. If you're trying to build a program and a team, I think that, that uh, you can get nuggets from any sport, any sure. team sport, you know, so – the bet they're the best and Belichick's the best and Brad's one of the best it seems like in the NBA so it seems like they they have it going on with that connection so um, that's what I like though uh, kind of on a smaller level obviously but connecting with guys like you and you know <laughs> talking um, picking up nuggets that's why I brought my little notebook you know just a little something maybe that will help sure. my program shoot so. you're you're ahead of me all I got yeah. is my computer but I can type on this thing yeah you know? so yeah. I, I got that thing uh, set up so you know coach talk us talk to the listeners kind of through your your background mm-hmm. where you coached where you played where you coached all that kind of yeah stuff. I grew up in North Carolina um, my mom is from here she's actually from Sissonville uh, okay but when she became an adult um, she moved to North Carolina and I spent most of my childhood down there loved it still love it uh, love the state love West Virginia too obviously I'm, it's in my blood but um, really had a good time growing up, played basketball, um, ran track, ran cross country, and ended up playing a little junior college basketball at Central Carolina Community College, okay. and uh, which is in Sanford. Uh, it's a D3 JUCO, and okay. um, had a good time there. Um, family moved to Indianapolis after that, so life kind of took me, brought me back here, and uh, finished up college at West Virginia State. Okay. And um, knew I was going to be a teacher, knew I wanted to coach basically since I was 16. So um, started coaching after, right before I graduated college, started coaching in Putnam County at George Washington Middle School in Eleanor. Mm -hmm. And I was one year as an assistant um, under a guy named Jamie Clendenin, who just got a math job here at Nitro High School. And then uh, then the next year I got the head coaching job. I was like 21, middle school head coach. Um, And then uh, that led to uh, Winfield High School where I became a varsity assistant and freshman coach. And I was the varsity assistant and freshman coach there for three years under Pat McGinnis, and he kind of gave me my big break in high school. He was was the one who really got me started and somebody that I look up to tremendously. And uh, he's actually the only coach in Winfield history that's won a state championship in basketball. Okay, um, okay. And uh, so then that led to the head coaching job when he retired, and I was the head coach there for three years and um, the good Lord saw fit to uh, 
change plans, and so we went to St. Albans. Well, actually, in between that, uh, I went to uh, Taysville Christian, their prep program. Uh, Ryan Airwood has built a national contender there. They beat Oak Hill this year, and they played Huntington Prep and a lot of the prep schools. And uh, So I was with him for two or three months in between, was planning on being an assistant there. Um, I had made a list of schools that if they came open in the Valley, I would apply for, and St. Albans was one of them. And I applied for it, felt right, and um, we've been able to be the start of my third year at St. Albans. Okay. So it's been a good ride. Um, like I said, you have been in similar situations, but we're program building. You know, I, yeah. year before I got there, they won two games. I mean, they've had one winning season in 14 years. So we're sure. we're trying to change it. You know, and I I feel really good about where we're we're trending. So yeah, you know, it's it's funny. I got into being a head coach. Um, had a coach around here tell me. High school is different from college. You can't recruit your players, right. you know, right. or you shouldn't recruit. You right? shouldn't you recruit. Know what I mean? no, <laughs> you, know, you shouldn't recruit in high school. That sounds yeah. it doesn't work out yeah. uh, certain places. But um, you know, you have to build your culture. And a lot of times, I feel like in high school, especially you know, St. Albans or Nitro, you can have a really good culture, a really good plan. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it comes down to your Jimmys and Joes. Absolutely. You know, a lot of times it comes down to your Jimmys and Joes. Yeah. And it um, doesn't mean yeah. you're good coach or a bad coach yeah you know, I, no but I think I think that um, along the lines of that as coaches we have to take care of us so we do all we can sure. you know and then and then players make place sure you know and so um, at least I can go to bed at night win or lose knowing that I was trying to do the best I could as the coach and sure. and that's from that's 365 you know sure. so I'm with you though, man. Players make plays, bro. Yes, they do. Players, <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I, reflecting back on my coaching journey, being a defensive coordinator, having guys that played like at Auburn, right? Mm-hmm. We had DN one year, went to Auburn. I yeah. was like, I was like, I was a really good coach that year. You know, I could yeah. really coach up yeah. the five technique. No, he was just pretty good. Yeah. He took some coaching yeah. and exactly he was SEC. He's actually playing in the NFL right now. Yeah. Um, but That's you awesome. know, it's like, oh my gosh, but. You know, we don't control that. We control our culture. We mm-hmm. control our, our program. Mm-hmm. And talk about, like, your core philosophies. Like, what do you believe in as far as managing your well, – it's really an organization, right? Yeah, it really is on a small level. And, you know, I I look at it like that, you know. And, and there's a lot of people that don't understand what we put into the, – the, the coaches like you and I and other coaches that we know around here that, that put in a lot into their programs, people don't understand um, – that we look at it like an organization, and we take it very seriously, even though we only get paid a couple few grand. Yeah, not much. Yeah, you know yeah. I mean, so like, uh, but we know that it's where our passion lies, sure. and so if if that's what your passion is, you're going to put your all into it, you know. So as far as my you know core philosophies, um, I think you know every year we have a set of core values that we try to talk to our team about. And it really just comes down to uh, our staff meeting at the beginning of the year. Uh, we talk about, or actually before the three-week period, because we kind of start our new year before the three-week period is oh, the way okay. we look at it. So, um, and uh, there's been a few core values that that we try to that have rolled over. And you know, I think the biggest thing, and and this is more specific to St. Albans, but it's really good for any program, and is is uh, the word care. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have a generation 
even my gen- our generation, you know what I mean? Like, there's just not as much care for things because we have so many mm. avenues to entertain us and do things, you know. There's not as much, there's not a care level for doing things the right way, for uh, putting in the effort. Um, and so, like, what we have really tried to get, not just St. Albans and the kids that play basketball, mm-hmm. you know, but the community, um, obviously, you know, administration cares, you know, because that's, you know, why they hired me. They, they, they care to have somebody in there that does it the right way. And, you know, um, but caring for how hard we practice, caring for how we present ourselves, caring for uh, what we do in the classroom, the effort that we put in, the respect level that we have for coaches, for teammates, for uh, teachers. Um, and if there was one foundational piece for my program, that I feel like is specific to St. Albans and some of the things that we're trying to work through and build on, it's got to be the care level's got to be where, you, if you don't care the way you're supposed to care, then you're not going to build a program. Sure. You know? It's modeled by the coaches first. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I've, I've seen bad examples and good examples in my career, but if I demonstrate by, my, by lack of effort, by lack of showing up, by lack of stability, by lack of consistency, me and my coaches, not just me, but my assistants, if we don't demonstrate the care level, the kids aren't going to demonstrate the care level. Sure. So, you know, we put in things like um, um, study hall every day. Mm. You know, that's an extra hour that I have to sit in my classroom when I've been in there all day teaching, right? Right, yeah. But the kids know that I, that's my job, but they also know that I'm going to sit here for another hour because you're going to get your butt in gear in the right. classroom. Mm-hmm. You know, and so we struggle with that a little bit, but we're getting better, and I think kids are starting to – you know, to figure out, um, you know, what, what that entails as far as really caring. Um, I think another thing and uh, that, you know, when I was hired, I kind of looked at it as a foundation piece, and we've always kind of gone back to this, is the um, uh, community. Mm. So the word community to me is not just going out into the community and being a part of the community and trying to get the community in. But uh, I guess the dictionary ver- uh, definition of community is a unified body of individuals. So we want to foster a unified body of individuals within our team and also in our community, uh, the St. Albans community. So that's uh, something that we try to put a priority into, um, getting our kids to realize that every man on the team is important. Mm. You, know, I mean, you know, we've got some really good athletes. We talked about a couple before we came on here. Uh, but, you know, we need to make sure that the, the least talented kid on our team that's probably sitting the bench on JV um, is, feels like a part of this team. Right. Like, you know, my best player, my top five or whatever, you know. And, and that's something that as a coach I've grown in, you know. And right. when I first started it, you know, it was more like um, got to get these guys, you know, I got to focus on these guys. and. You know, luckily I've always had a good staff, so, but from a head coach, you know, I need to spend time making the bench JV guy feel important, just like I do my starting point guard. Sure. You know? And so that's, that's way of I've improved as a coach and I will continue to improve. And, but that, what that, that does is it fosters community. And mm-hmm. it goes back to that other foundational piece, community and care, you know, that, um, that I think will help us have a successful program. and. You know, like you said, it'll help us take care of us, and then, you know, we gotta get buckets. 
Sure, you gotta still get, gotta get buckets. buckets. Yeah, so you gotta get buckets. You know, it's you know, it's, it's football, and I, it's the same as basketball. Mm-hmm. Like you can have the best plan mm-hmm. known to man, right? Um, and sometimes that doesn't always mean wins, right? Um, you know, I, I was listening to Joe Madden talk on a podcast, and he was talking about if I just if I make a, a decision. Mm-hmm. Because it's a good decision, I thought it out. It was the best decision, and I can live with the result. Right. And you know, it's my first year at Riverside, we went zero and ten. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know, you're thinking like, obviously, there's some things you want to do different. You want to win yeah. more games. And, yep. Um, but I think that in the, the day you were talking about, you got to take care of us. Like, it's mm-hmm. your decision making process is sound. It's good. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's a base note, right? It's not like. You know, I feel like sometimes we get caught in, I do, we get caught in, like, what's the new thing to do? You right. Know? Um, right. I like talking to, like, older guys sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like, think, like, okay, what worked, like, what has worked for a long period of time? Right. And then kind of going, going that route. Yeah. Um, so what do like, you think, what do you think is a uh, generationally transcendent core value for coaching that oh successful teams have? And that's a tough question. Yeah. I, you know, I, kind of wrap this into our team philosophy so I'm a big John Wooden fan mm-hmm. in the aspect of you know what is success success is being the best thing that best you can be right, right now today mm-hmm. and that goes into our win the day philosophy which yeah. I think carries multi-generationally right like you know I think we get caught in you know like what what will happen down the road right like we see and we do this as people, right? We see the future as like this utopia. Like mm-hmm. all this is going to happen. When this happens, my life will look like this. It'll be like that. Mm-hmm. Instead of living, instead of living in the now, we live in the future. Right. And I think that, especially for our kids, the kids that we coach, like they get on their phone and they can see, okay, somebody else's life, or they can see, you know, maybe what my life will look like as a college athlete. And what gets lost is the journey. It's right. the win the day is just enjoy right now. Um, and it's also, I think, to fully enjoy the right now, you have to do things that are hard. Mm-hmm. And that's that's tougher for kids now. I, now I even mm-hmm. think when me and you were growing up, mm-hmm. like everything's instant. Yeah. Like yeah. Instagram, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I can look at pictures. Yeah. I can... Look, I look at everybody's best life. Yeah. Yes, I think so. That's a trap of social media. For sure. Is, yeah, for sure. Know, you know, like, Coach, your Twitter game, your Instagram game is on point, right? So, I mean, I see your, your Twitter, your Instagram, like, hey, mm. Coach's life is awesome all the time. Yeah, that's not that's not true. That's not true, <laughs> that's right? not true, no. But and so then we get lost. We have our in, struggles. Right. Yeah. We get yeah. lost in this is supposed to be easy. Yeah. No, like, this is really hard. Yeah. Um, so, I saw other program thing is teamwork and – toughness or TNT mm-hmm. teamwork and toughness mm-hmm. and I think in order to do hard things you have to be together right um, so if you can win the day be great today and do hard things with your brothers right I think you have a shot to maximize your potential so like looking at coach Wooden success is being the best version of you right because you know I wanted to be you know, Troy Aikman growing up and yeah. quarterback yeah. well that's not going I was off his line. So, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. You know, like you want to be Michael Jordan, I'm which, sure. in my opinion, I'm not a football coach, but I will, I'm a fan. 
is one of the most selfless positions in the game of football. Sure. It's offensive line. Yeah. Because, I mean, you're constantly doing your job for somebody else. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> what is the – is there an equivalent in basketball for offensive line? Yeah, I mean, I would have to say your, uh, your nuts and bolts garbage power forward that is, you know, his job's to, to play defense and rebound. Sure. And, you know, in high school, like, we, we play those guys. You know, in college – Almost everybody has skill, you know. But in high school, we may have some guys that may not have a ton of skill, but they play hard. They got some size, you know, and they're they're getting after it, and they're stuff that doesn't show up on the stat sheet necessarily, you know. So I would have to say that would probably be the biggest, you know. Nobody sees the screen that he set, sure, in the stat sheet. But the screen that he set got, you know, my 17, 18 point per game guy bucket. Right. So yeah. it's kind of like. That would be the equivalent, but there's still, I think, in any sport, that's got to be one of the most selfless positions to play. Sure. Football. Yeah. You know, is the offensive lineman. But. <laughs> yeah, it's you know, and I think your team rises and falls based on that kind of person. Mm-hmm. You know, who the guy that serves, the guy that it doesn't like. I don't care about my stats. Right. I care about the team. Right. Um, and t- kind of talk, coach, about. Because basketball is very individualized, mm-hmm. I would imagine. Like, how how hard is that to get guys to buy in? Like, you were talking about community and care. Like, how hard is it to get guys to buy in the team? This actually started my generation. It started with my generation. We were the and one generation, mm. Allen Iverson era growing up. And it was the highlight reel. You know, we were – everybody was watching and one moves and trying to do them. Now it's all these Instagram highlights, these Ballads Life uh, account, this YouTube, you know, highlight the two to three minute segments of highlight films where somebody's getting crossed and getting a bucket or somebody's dunking it on somebody. And that is the, that's what these guys are watching. So that's what they want to do. There's a time and a place for that, right? I mean, we got to have guys that are skilled that are able to do that, but it's got to be within the flow of the team, you know, and, and, the team function and the, and and that's what you know this we've we've struggled putting the ball in the basket a little bit not because we don't have players we do lack some shoot some shooting consistency but you know it's getting better but my first year and then last year at St. Albans you know we got some guys um, that haven't been put in a team concept necessarily or it hadn't been made a priority and so we're just trying to get them to realize and the way that I framed it this year and we tweaked our offense was we are going to provide a structure for you to make a play mm. okay so I've got a you know we're running um, little mover blocker offense which is kind of like what Virginia does a little bit okay. um, Poca High School did it and went to a state tournament last year and they've done it for years but um, you know the trailblazers don't do some of it in the NBA but um, so we obviously cater it towards our personnel, but sure. it's a little more structured. And so, um, but instead of making them think like, oh, he's strapping me, um, I'm trying to get them to realize, no, I'm trying to put you in space and, and, and structure to go make a play. So sure. now I got Jamel Clater, who's a tremendous athlete, you know, who can get space to go do what he does best, and that's get at the rim and score. Right. You know, and so I think that. It's balancing out because you don't want to squash their creativity, man. I mean, I, I want them to, to, you know, 
I think it's great to, to look at Jason Williams from DuPont. You know sure, what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. that guy was the most creative basketball player almost in the league ever, you yeah. know, and, and definitely from West Virginia. And, um, you know, so like, but he, he knew how to do it within the structure of a team. Sure. You know, and that's kind of what we want to get our guys to, you know. Yeah. I, I, I think about football too, like, you know, the old, like you think about, like I think about, people think football, I think, I think they think about Remember the Titans, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah. So that's like football, that's like the football movie, right. you know. Right, um, Like, you know, obviously we're not going to go back to like days no water and like just, you know, beat your head against Bear each Bryant other. Days. Yeah, yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> you know, but like football is a little more structured because it's like 11 guys at a time, like yeah. as far as like scheme wise, mm-hmm. I feel like. But like you were saying, I feel like, if you want to be a successful coach, like in this era, you have to treat players as individuals, mm-hmm. which I think in eras before it was like you have to be, you know, only it's only the team, it's only the team. Well, right. you know, our society has changed a little bit since like the fifties. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. You know, yeah. What do you What do you think? Well, that, that it goes to the social media. I mean, we talked about everybody has their own platform. Yep, they're their own individual at a very young age. You know, and they look at their social media, their Instagram, their Snapchat, their Twitter. They look at it as them branding themselves almost. Sure. You know what I mean? And so, like, well, I didn't have that. You know, I didn't even have a cell phone until I was 18. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, sure. uh, just, you know, getting them to realize that they are important. That it is good. It is good to be your own person and individual. And it's okay to have a brand, you know, even in, you know, small little local brand. It's okay. Right. But you still have to be a part of a team. And the team is always the good. The, the teams that play in our state tournament and the teams that you know win state championships are the teams where they get they have talent, but they get guys to realize that the team's bigger than them. Mm-hmm. You know, and so um, I think that's like you said, this generation. It's we're getting them. We got to treat them as individuals. You know, and 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 I've, dang it, I grew up like I was getting yelled at. That's how I grew up. You know, you're going to get, if you mess up, you're getting yelled at. Right. It's no big thing to me, mm-hmm. you know. And now there's some kids that can handle that. Mm-hmm. And there's some kids that will shut down on you. Yeah. And so individualized relationships, you know, I got to know the standard's the same. Right. But I got to know what buttons to push. Mm-hmm. I've gotten better at that. You know, when I first started, at, when I was a head coach at Winfield, you know, I was like, I'm going to be old school. I'm, I'm only, tw- I got the job at 26. So, 27 my first season and I'm, I'm gonna scream and yell and I'm gonna do all this stuff this old school guy but it was it was a little bit of pride and it was a little bit of me not realizing that kids need to be coached differently yeah and so now at St. Albans I do a much better job of pushing buttons there's I mean I, I raise my voice but I know when to do it and I never attack a kid's character I never call him a name you know sure. but you know, I'm gonna tell him something if I want to tell him something Right, you know, yeah. and I know what kid to say. Hey, come here. Let me get your button gear. Right. You know. Yeah. yeah so. Sure. <laughs> sure. That's you know. I think some of that is too. How many? How many? Like, what percentage did you say of your team actually grows up with a father in their house? Yeah, I'd say it varies and it varies, but I'd say there's a quarter of them. There's 25 percent of them that have had a broken home at some point in time. Sure. And still do it, so, and some of them still do. You know, right. uh, when I first got there, it was half. Mm-hmm. Um, but it goes in cycles in St. Albans. So, sure. Um, and now we got about probably about twenty five percent that 
have come from a broken home or at some point in their life they've had a broken home it may be a little better now but um, that plays a role in it mm-hmm. when you don't have a man telling you what to do your whole life yeah yeah I, you know it's uh, interesting like the like kids that don't grow up with a male figure sometimes struggle with uh-huh. like this male figure this coach that you know stepdad uh-huh. whoever is demanding something of me and uh-huh. that's like totally foreign yeah you know what I mean like yeah. and moms are great you know we all love our mom but like uh-huh. they aren't the it's not, not the, same. the same as like dad mm-hmm. um and i think that's also a difference like in generational you know you look at percentage of people that kids that grow up in yeah. broken homes and, and it and divorce knows no it knows no socioeconomic yeah absolutely. i mean i mean you yeah i've seen wealthy families that have the same issues with the dad yeah you know, i mean it's just they're just you know, with 50 percent of people end up in you know marriages end up in divorce so it's just it's part of it you know and so i think that's uh the battle that we're one of the different battles we're fighting now as opposed to our predecessors in the 50s 60s 70s and 80s and 90s at times you sure. know so yeah just that's a cool uh, calling though for us though because like we get uh, to mentor kids and try to change the cycle yeah yeah and we don't get paid enough like you better have you better have a passion and a desire to really make a difference because we don't get paid enough for it to be justified all the stuff we have to deal with yeah what we were talking about, you know, just the, the ins and outs of coaching and all the little stuff that have nothing to do with coaching that we have to deal with, it's not worth it for a few grand. Right, so yeah. if you don't have a calling, if you don't feel like you have a calling and like a mindset of a, a passion, like I'm here to make a difference, you know, and that's what sometimes kills me about parent problems, you know, like they they get they get on you, yeah. which I've I'm letting I've let it roll off me. I'm much better than I used to be. Sure. Uh, but like, what do you guys think that we're doing here? Right, you know, yeah. we're not making a living. Yeah, <laughs> you know sure, what I mean. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. you know, it's not for like art. So we get like one article a year in in the Charleston paper. You know, and it's sure. not so it's not for limelight. Yeah, you know what I mean. Right. We're we're doing it because we have a passion to impact lives. Yep. Period. Yep. End of story. Sure. So we'll, so simmer simmer down. Yeah. If you want to really get on me, come to my classmates. Really, really, yeah, really yeah. If you want to critique me, come to my yeah, come to my classroom and make sure I'm doing a good job. Yeah, there. yeah. I'm mean, trying to educate the youth of America, like not on you know Friday nights. Yeah. It's interesting. I think of like a season, or like mm-hmm. like a season or like a program is like an iceberg. So like people just see the tip. But like there's all this stuff that we do nobody I mean yeah. the team sees your coaches see but nobody sees right and people want to like judge you based on like how many basketball games you have to play 22 22 season. Yeah. they want to base it like right, right yeah. or they want to base yeah. it on like 10 football games I'm like well hold on boss like yeah. Yeah. you know like right but like in the summer we're doing all this for free like yeah. there's no you know no really. Zach I'll tell you something I've gotten better at and it's taking criticism because even even in unjust and unfair criticism, and this is literally just something like, like you know, during vacation, I, I think we were messaging, and you know, it's a time to kind of refuel and reflect and that kind of thing. And one of the things that I was thinking about, I had a parent come up to me, and I, I feel like I really care about my kids, I really do. But I had a parent come up to me and say, you know, you only care about your upper guys. You only care about the kids that can really help you. Sure. And I'm like, heck no. You know what I mean? Like, no way. That's not true. I know it's not true. But that was the perception. So I'm sitting here thinking, all right, unjust, unfair criticism, right? But what can I learn from it? Hmm. And so what I've tried to learn to do is even in unfair and unjust criticism, try to learn something from it. All right, maybe I do need to go the extra mile with 
a few extra kids. Maybe I do need to have more individual meetings with a few extra kids that don't help me at the varsity level. Right. But, you know, but when I because when I played, you know, like you earned your stripes. Right. You know, and it's like your coach said it. He may talk to you, he may not, but you know, you knew you were, but you better play hard and hopefully earn that spot. You know, um, it's a little different now, right? So, but um, that's one thing that I've learned how to manage criticism a little better is what can I learn from it now and there may be nothing it may just be completely off the wall because that happens too yeah right? oh yeah sure yeah <laughs> but um but I, I try to look at it first and be like all right is there any truth in it at all even an ounce and then let's see if I can and maybe over time that will eliminate some of the issues sure you know what I mean and that's to make my peace of mind better, ultimately my family's peace of mind better, and then me be able to do a better job as a coach when I don't have to deal with the stress of thinking about what, you know, Johnny's dad is, you know, sure, trying yeah. to pour on me. Yeah. Uh, for unfairly and unjustly. Right, yeah. Right. I think we like to play it off too as coaches, like, we don't hear that or it doesn't bother us. Not, yeah. I think, like, at, like, a conscious level it doesn't, but, like, at a subconscious, like, you know, sometimes it does. And, like, mm-hmm. you were talking about having to, like, process that, you mm-hmm. know. Um, that's good, Coach. That's really good. I actually mm-hmm. typed that down. I, I'm pretty yeah. sure the podcast people can hear me typing. But um, it's like, so like when you talk about vacation, my mm-hmm. wife gets gets on to me about this fairly. Mm-hmm. Do you take any work with you on vacation? Like, do you work on any basketball stuff during vacation? Um, the only basketball stuff I work on is um, like philosophical sure. stuff. You know. Um, read I read and write you know that's basically all I do now as far as X's and O's I try to try I have you have to give yourself a break mentally I think a little bit you know you got to unplug and that's hard I'm mean, always thinking about it but like I'm not sitting there like game planning or trying to get the playbook ready or trying to you know sure. get practice plans together already and you know like that kind of stuff so now it's a little different with you because your vacation time is like three weeks before the season yeah. you know like four three three four weeks before the season so you know, when I'm on vacation or three, four weeks before my season, I'm ready to go. I'm plugged in. So yeah, yeah. I think basketball and football is probably a little different. Sure, yeah. <laughs> I just, my wife, yeah. we were talking, uh, This we took vacation a couple weeks ago. And it's the first vacation I've, I've never taken. My, it's the first vacation where I didn't take my computer. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm usually like working on something. Yeah. Um, but I thought it was good. Yeah. Yeah, I think having a break's good. But yeah. man, it's, it's hard, isn't it, Coach? Like, it is. If you love it, it's, it's not really work. Right. And yeah. That's hard. Yeah, it's hard. yeah. It's hard to. I don't consider it. I mean, I like to do it. You know, I like to sure. talk ball, talk philosophy, that kind of stuff. So it's not. It doesn't seem like work to me. But I think there's a, there's value in. You know, the wife kind of not having to deal with it too. Sure. Sometimes, like she just wants to just like hang out with you and the kids. You know what I mean? Like yeah, <laughs> yeah. my wife's the same. It's like you know. Yeah. So, but she told me the other day. She's like, I'm ready. I was like, she's like, you ready for basketball? I was like. Honestly, uh, you know, I'll probably like end of September, I'll be really thinking about it. I said, right now, there's, we're in the process of weights and, you know, getting into school and stuff. And I love football, so looking forward to watching some football. And, but, you know, she's like, well, I'm ready. I'm ready for the season. Which you can't ask for. <laughs> yeah, football. that's great. Yeah. I mean, she's, this is year 10. This will be year 11 for me coaching. Right. And she's been, I've, we've been together for nine. I got you. Nine years. So, like, she's, we've raised our kids with me, you know coaching so sure and it's a big sacrifice for them man it is that's you know coaches wives they're like saints yeah because we've spent so much time doing this for like for sure 
for, you know, it's not like we're in NFL or NBA. Like, uh, we don't, <laughs> it's not like you can go on these extravagant vacations because you're a millionaire. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's crazy. Well, Coach, as we kind of wrap this thing up, give the listener, I know you, talk, you talked in deep depth about your philosophy, mm-hmm. um, but give like the listener a nugget of, of wisdom for any, co- any like sport. Like, what's something that, like a saying or a phrase mm-hmm. or like a mantra? That, they can, that can help them. Well, one of the reasons I brought this is during vacation, when I had time to sit and think about, I wanted to think about like, what were specific keys to success for myself? Mm-hmm. Geared towards my personality, my struggles, my insecurities, my, you know, everything. What, what do I need to be and do to be successful? So I wrote down four, five, six, seven things. I'll just read them real quick. Yeah. Um, and this is just like me thinking about stuff for me. Um, the first one I wrote down was self-confidence. You know, as a, as a coach, you have to be sure of yourself. Mm-hmm. And part of that is preparation. And part of that is just knowing who you are and who God made you to be, you know. So mm-hmm. self-confidence and not being insecure, not, you know, just knowing who you are and going and doing your job the best you can. Mm-hmm. Um, self-awareness. So I think part of that was what we just talked about of, you know, learning. If you're self-aware, you're a learner. So you're learning how to be a better version of you, right? So. Learning um, to, you know, to not take criticism so hard and maybe learn something out of it was something I've just learned recently. You know, sure. so self awareness. Um, for me, attention to detail. Like if I'm doing, if I'm if I'm going to be successful, I have to take care of me. I have to take care of make sure I'm prepared. My practice plans are X's and O's. Like I know I'm very confident in what I'm teaching, fundamentally, all that stuff. So attention to detail. Not only that, but in the classroom with my kids checking up on them during the day, that kind of stuff. Um, again, continual learner, that's part of self-awareness. Uh, and then I wrote um, self-discipline. So just taking care of me as an individual, my health, my relationship with God, my relationship with my wife, being self-disciplined you know, enough to make sure that I'm you know, not being lazy, I'm taking, using, taking advantage of my time, my free time, that kind of stuff. So. Uh, that's important for me to be successful. Um, relationship awareness is another thing that I wrote down. And that, you know, I'm really big on trying to be, um, I'm really big on making sure that the, the relationships that I have around me, that I, that I try to do my best to foster those and invest in those a little bit. You know, you can't devote all your time to everybody, but you know, like if I'm passing you, if we talk together and I'm passing you in the hallway, making sure that I at least take time to smile and say, hey, how you doing? How's the thing, how's the kids? You know, and maybe a two minute conversation that goes a long way, right? So relationship awareness and then also with my team. As coaches, we get so wrapped up with um, X's and O's and winning and all that stuff. Sometimes we forget that they're just people and they sometimes they need somebody to just check up on them and say, hey, what's up, man? How's it going? You know, you doing all right? How's the fam? You know, and, and then we get nuggets of things that kids are dealing with that they struggle that, you know, we can kind of pry a little bit and, and get them to open up to us. So relationship awareness. And then the last thing for me is empathy. Um, you know, just making sure that I know that people go through things. My kids do, my coworkers do, my players do, like my wife does. And, you know, that's hard. I get wrapped up in myself and, I, and everybody has their own stresses. You have your own stresses. You, I have my own stresses. And the teacher that I teach across has her own stresses and she may be a complete whatever that day, but you know, maybe she's mentally tore up about something. So having empathy for people's feelings 
is something that I think is a key for me to be successful and to live a what I feel is a fulfilled life. So those are the things I wrote down, man. You know, they're pretty transcendent for anybody. I think everybody's kind of applies those to their life that is self-aware a little bit. They try to apply these things to their life anyway. So, but if I can really focus on these, I think that 2019, 2020 school year will be pretty good. It's good. Yeah. Focus on the process, Coach, yeah. right? Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Right. Coach, thank you for your time, and I will put this up shortly, listeners. Awesome.